You're going to go into labor on Thursday. No, not before Christmas. I don't have time. It would be the second. It would be the second early child this year that I've announced and called predicted. No, no, no. We cannot have these things. I'm doing it. Basically, they gave me a list at the doctor's office of like, here are some things you can do to speed it up. And I'm like, yeah, we're not going to be doing any of these items. <laughs> we're doing the opposite here. <laughs> well, don't you want it to speed up before the year ends? I didn't originally, but like now I, now I don't feel that way about it anymore. Now I feel like January is a really great time frame. You're just, just being selfish because you're born in January. Partially, but also too, it's terrifying. So January seems like a really great month. And then I get my tax break, you know, when he turns 18. Or no, you know, I move my tax break. Hopefully I have more money then and can save more money. Mm. How does G feel about naming the baby Lionel? <laughs> well, he doesn't love it, so it's not happening. <laughs> also, I don't, would not like that whatsoever. I'm curious to see how many children are going to be born with the name Lionel over the course of the next 10 years. You know what I think is fascinating? Just because you border a country doesn't necessarily mean you have to like them. You know what I mean? Which country are you referring to? Like... So my husband's from Uruguayan, and they're just like automatic like Argentinian fans. Which is weird because they were in the tournament. Yeah. But like like if Austria was in the same position, it's not like I would be an automatic like Austrian fan. You know yeah. what I mean? It could it could be a could be more of a, a difference in culture. Uh because Obviously, the U.S. was in the World Cup. Canada was in the World Cup, and Canada was getting smoked. It was like, haha, suck at Canada. <laughs> well, exactly, right? I mean, also, too, like, France borders Germany. It's not like I was, like, a, Fran a French fan. That team is so good. Dude, that was, I mean, they are absolutely insane. Well, here's the crazy thing. They're missing two of their best players. I mean, they, honestly, even their uniforms look good. Like yeah. those are some nice looking uniforms. Their their kit that has the uh, blue top, white shorts, red socks. That's the best uniform that yeah. you find. Yeah, I mean it will. It's like it's like a classy uniform. It's a very French uniform. Yeah, they were and they did really well. Like they're going to be good because in the next World Cup you'll still have you won't have Giroud, but you'll probably have you have Mbappe. You'll have you should have Pogba back if he's still around. You'll have. Benzema too, if the him and the coach ever reconcile their differences, and like that's an, that's an insane attacking uh, yeah. group. I mean, honestly, I was just I was just constantly hoping <clears throat> for it to go into penalty. Like that was my only wish for the World Cup. I didn't really care how it ended. I just wanted a nice penalty shootout. Yeah, that was probably the best. That, was, that has to be the best soccer game, arguably ever played. Yeah. I mean, you know what's funny? So when like right in the second half when it started to kind of get boring, you know, there's like a dip there in the beginning when it was just kind of boring. I was like, oh, screw this game. I'm going to go upstairs, make like freshen up a little bit. And so right when I went to go freshen up, that's when things got exciting. So my new thing is if things get boring, I'm going to leave the room, air it out a little bit, come back. <laughs> I, I was having a funny conversation with one of my friends and they were like, oh, I wish I would have bet on the game. Like in Qatar at the game? No, like you can place a bet on it. Like who's going to win? Oh, place a uh, bet. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And they missed their opportunity to do so. So the game is, so you can live bet. So you can bet a game while it's going on. So it's two nothing. And I was like, I if 
I were a betting person, I'm going to take uh, France to draw in regulation. So not to win, but in the first 90, it'll be tied. And they were like, it was like minute 72. And they're like, no way this is going to happen. And it was just like, boop, Mbappe, boop, Mbappe. I was like, tied. I was like, I told you so. You would have won $1,000, but. I mean, it was kind of his game. It was kind of like his World Cup there for a little bit. He made so many goals. Yeah. Honest, what did you think of like the ceremony afterwards? I didn't watch it. I, I saw the highlights of it. Um, I mean, Messi looked happy. Like, congrats to him. Yeah. Still, still not my goat, but congrats to him. Um, I, I thought the goalie thing was hilarious. Just the <laughs> the the gall to get that award and then place it over your crotch and give the crowd a hip thrust with the like the king of Qatar. I, I think he's a king. I, I, I say. think he is too. Or it, 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 if nothing else, the royal family of Qatar, the president of France is also there. Yeah. And everyone just looks at him like, what? What just happened? And it's like, ooh. Oh, I wish he would have caught him because I felt like the king of Qatar, if that's who he is, like he was constantly like 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 trying to butt into the action, you know what I mean? Like he was just yeah. trying to like be a part of it so hard. He was kind of like what that kid at the playground that wants to be part of the cool kids. Well, that was also Salt Bay was there. You don't know who Salt Bay is? Am I supposed to? The dude, the chef with the glasses, and he sprinkles the salt. Like, oh, that guy! He was randomly like on the field, like holding the trophy, like taking pictures. And, <laughs> That's so like, random. I, I, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know if he's Argentinian. I don't know. I, I don't know. I know he lives in Miami. I think where he's like a restaurant in Miami or something. He, his restaurant will have um, like tabs that are like 200k. It's crazy. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he posted one the other day. Damn. I follow I follow him for just his like the dramatic salt. No, not even that. Like he'll like go to this freezer and he'll pull out like a piece of steak and throw it in the air and just stab it for no reason. And then put it <laughs> down on the cutting board. Like that shit is funny. Well, you know, it's definitely entertaining. See, right? It got you interested in him, it got us talking about him. So good marketing. Yeah, that's about where that's gonna stop because he's not really interesting past that. Yeah. Oh man. It's kind of you know, honestly, like what the World Cup, like as exciting as it is, it kind of fizzles out as like there's less and less games and like as more is more and, and as more teams kind of um, get excluded from it. That once it's over, it's like a natural progression. You know, it's not like a hard cold end. What of do you sport. Mean? Like, like in the beginning, like you're watching, like we were watching every single game of soccer, right? And then it like just naturally progressed to, well, they almost won every other day. And then, you know what I mean? Then it started spacing out more and more. And now that it's over, I'm like, okay with it. I don't have like a post soccer depression or anything like that. I'm not having withdrawals from watching soccer. Yeah, I'm not really either. Although I do want to watch soccer. Uh, I could totally go for some soccer right now. Well, thankfully, we're mid season or starting of the season. So you can just. When yeah. everything, you know, it's how so far? How awkward is it going to be when uh, Messi and Mbappe show up to practice? <laughs> like, which is also which is also insane because they play on the same team. Yeah, and Neymar also plays on that team. But Mbappe is so much younger. Like and, I'm sure he kind of feels like, oh, you know, you got you can have this this time. And there's a very particular 
very popular free agent that's out there. And there's really only one team in Europe that has the budget to sign him, which would be an absolute, which would be madness if they did. You're talking about your favorite person of all times. Yeah. Imagine that. Or they both come to the U.S. I mean, that's kind of like, it's kind of like where you go to retire. That's where soccer players go to retire at the moment. If they come to the U.S. and they play on the same team, I'm moving to whatever city it is immediately. <laughs> it, could, it could be like, what's a random, it could be like Topeka, Kansas. Not that there's a team there, but I'm I'm there. Oh, honestly, they'll probably go sign in Miami with Beck, with David Beckham. I would. Why not? Yeah, you I might. think he just signed to somebody. Who did he just sign? Like a really good player. You remember? Mm. Let me research this real quick. I don't. I'm not too familiar with the MLS. Oh man, I feel like you have to now. It's becoming like a thing. Yeah, but then I have to drive to Charlotte, and I'm like, not that that's a far drive, but yeah. But that would mean that would mean you're a Charlotte fan. I see what your problem is. <laughs> yeah, you you do need to move to a place with a good soccer team. I think that that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, the the Canes are the only team that have ever been part of the place where I live that I've ever rooted for. They're the oh the the hockey team. The yeah the Hurricanes. Too. Yeah, it always throws me off when people call them Canes. I'm like, who who are those people? Yeah, you get rid of the Hura. Hmm. I mean, hockey is pretty exciting. Hockey's the most ex- to watch. Hockey, hockey's the most ex- exciting uh, sport because there's no, there's very few breaks. Like, obviously, there you know, there's faceoffs and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's just like a, like a back and forth. Um, and the scoring chances, it's not as often. Like the scoring events aren't as often as like the NBA, where it's like you're kind of numb to like a, what would be considered a goal. Um, but it's faster than soccer mm. so it's like this in between but it's a, it's yeah. a very fast-paced game which makes it very entertaining to watch like football game nfl games are not really that exciting to watch in, in person uh, i would imagine soccer games are amazing just because of the atmosphere not like what's happening yeah honestly soccer games like even though they are super exciting don't get me wrong um you do rely a lot on the replays in soccer well, the field is huge. The field, the soccer field, is bigger than an NFL field. Yeah, it's it's longer and it's wider. Did you know? We might have discussed this already. That um, because most tracks, like for like running tracks, right, are around a soccer field. There's only so many tracks in the United States um, for track athletes to actually go train at that aren't around a football field. Because in the U.S., all the tracks are around football fields. No different dimension than tracks that are around soccer fields. So when they go compete internationally, these track and field athletes, they have to fly to specific locations so they can run on the actual tracks they're going to be competing on. Hmm. That makes sense. That, yeah. That, right. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like that goes into like the whole, like the metric system versus the imperial system and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it would just be convenient if everyone just got on one page. Probably. Because, like, so even, like, so I have my great-in-laws. Is that how you can pronounce That's how you would classify them? My husband's grandparents are in town from Uruguay. And we're, like, at the grocery store. And, you know, we're looking at meat. And I was, like, well, how, you know, is it cheaper or more expensive in Uruguay? And it's, like, you have to convert it into, um, you have to convert the, the dollar amount, right? And they have to convert how much it weighs. Like, it's just, like, such a hassle. 
yeah so much conversion you gotta do just to figure out if your meat's cheaper here or there or you just don't think about it then you just you just swipe where's it where's the fun of that there's, there's not fun in doing math and conversions no no math can be fun i was a math nerd that's not surprising no yeah. offense <laughs> I loved math, especially algebra. <laughs> I was I was great at math. Uh, I wasn't like a math whiz, but I, I, once we got to a point where I was like, "This kind of is not going to make sense in my daily life," I just stopped mathing. Mm, you stopped mathing. I yeah. love it. Yeah, we'll make a verb out of it. I don't know. I feel like math is like one of those things. It's like a language. Like once you get it, it's like, oh, that makes sense now. I get it. It's a toss up right now. So currently, I can speak English. I can speak Spanish and I can say hello in Mandarin. I could say a couple other things in Mandarin, but so I'll probably maybe refine my Mandarin a little bit, but I'm thinking it's either going to be French, Italian, or Japanese, uh, Japanese, because I'm fascinated with Japanese culture and I'm going to be planning a trip to Japan at some point in the next two years. Uh, but it's the front runners right now are French or Italian. Italian you'll probably have an easier time with, and same with French, just because you speak Spanish already. Japanese would be like a whole new ballpark. But I mean, I would be fascinated by especially if you're going to go, why not? Yeah. But yeah, Guillermo has a very easy time speaking or learning French and Italian. Well, it's also like um, Portuguese is another funny one. Because sometimes when people speak Portuguese, I can understand them. Right. Because but it's it's like maybe there's maybe like a 40% crossover with some of the words. Yeah. And you can, you can kind of, in, and you, with the inflection and stuff like that, you can get an understanding for what they're saying. Yeah. I feel like you guys have a leg up with all of that because the languages are so similar to one another. Yeah. So that's going to be, that's actually going to be one of my resolutions. So I was thinking of a resolution. I don't like resolutions, as I've said before, as far as like goal resolutions, like I'm going to lose 10 pounds or I'm going to, but he's making a resolution, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. Right. So now, well, that, now that's two. I have to celebrate every holiday and I have to. Oh, that's right. I'm going to learn a new language. But I'm celebrating every holiday starts January 1st. Correct. So but the, New Year's Day doesn't count. Okay. Then we had to clarify that. Yeah, we'll save the New Year's part for next year. So what's your first holiday you're celebrating? I didn't, I didn't really look at the itinerary. I'm not a big planner, but uh, <laughs> if, to celebrate the holidays, you have to do a little bit of planning here. Oh, I'll have to plan for sure. I just haven't done it yet. Are you going to be celebrating Valentine's Day? Yeah, but I don't. And so that's the tricky one. It's like, what do I do on Valentine's Day? Now, obviously, the obvious choice would be just ask someone out on a date. However, I don't want to just randomly ask someone out on a date on Valentine's Day just to be like, hey, I need to celebrate Valentine's Day, so come on a date with me. It, it kind of ruins the flair of it, so I might I might do like, I don't know, I might go crashing Galentine's group. Yeah. Honestly, like, I find that there's like a lot of pressure around Valentine's Day. You Let's, know, like, it's a fun holiday, don't get me wrong, but there's just a lot of pressure around it. Like, it has to be just so. Like couples, you should always be how, how celebrating Valentine's Day, not just on Valentine's Day. Oh, preach. Right? Let, let them know, Sandra. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I would say like you and I probably do the opposite where it's like Valentine's Day is like the one holiday we don't actually really celebrate. 
like we'll do something you know like we'll make like a nice dinner or so but it's not the holiday we go crazy on yeah i'm, I'm sure there's a history to it and i think i've heard it before and i just can't oh, I, just, really? I had never committed it to memory of as far as like why it exists but um our interpretation of or what valentine's oh. day has become is kind of interesting actually it's like romantic day or something like the one time out of the year you have to be romantic on yeah I, and again the funny thing is is right so you have valentine's day which is a big day for couples uh and it's a big day for capitalism and it's a big day for all that target candy and Wal walgreens candy and stuff like that i personally enjoy the day after valentine's day because all that stuff goes on sale oh curveball that's clever plot twist that's when you get all your yeah. that's when you get all your v-day candy but it's it's we talked about it uh before as far as like the polarization of everything and it's like valentine's day you see all these happy couples and then you have like well i'm not happy and i don't have yes. a significant other and like damn you i'm gonna have a singles party and then like now you've just created a faction that for no reason like it wasn't like celebrate yeah. to, to shit on people that are single you know what i mean it is kind of like a fascinating concept right mm. But what do, you, what do you do about the people that don't fit into those buckets? Like, they're not a couple and they're not single. Now it's, like, a random-ass day. Right? Or a weird day, I should say. A bunch right. of confusion. That it's complicated people. The situationships? Yeah. It got really complicated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you go to the gym and do legs. That's what you do in that situation. Yeah. Avoid. Leave town. <laughs> Leave town. <laughs> so would you rate then chocolate being like your top five carb? Absolutely not. I don't no? eat a lot. I don't eat a lot of chocolate. So we, we talked about Nutella. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. But <laughs> but as far from a carbohydrate standpoint, that's not really where I'm going. Like so if we we talked about having a, a carbohydrate uh, carbohydrate draft so we can let it go right now so let's do a top five draft right you're going first with your fifth pick we'll go backwards oh shit. okay wait hold on i need i need to finish my list i need to keep thinking about it do you, you, you have your top five you gotta do it on the fly let's go on the fly oh no oh there's so much pressure because i have to like be very wise about these top five why because you only gave me five. Oh, okay. I think I think I can I think I can do it. You just have to give one. What's your fifth pick? Okay, I would probably put fruit to be on to be honest on there. I really like fruit. If I had to pick one fruit, it'd probably be an apple. I love apples. So you're going with the apple? Yeah. I like it. With my fifth pick in the 2022 carbohydrate draft i'm going to select bananas Ooh, you're also going for fruit yeah that's i'm i i don't like fruit enough to be like haha fruits here realistically for me it's bananas and pineapples are really the, the, the two main fruits i consume but bananas i know you like two bananas a day uh, yeah i gotta be in the mood for them that's a weird thing they're, they're convenient they're easy to eat they're easy to find. They're not yeah. even real. They're not even real. Like they're not even real. <laughs> fun fact. Fun fact. Bananas, as you know them today, are not. Are that's all genetically modified. 
Oh, can I quickly interject? There's a new YouTube channel I found. It's about weird. It's I think it's called something called like weird history food or weird food history or something like that. It is very interesting. It's like just random like facts and shit and history about food. I encourage to check it out. Huh, I have to do that. Pick, pick four. What do you got? Oh, okay. I'll have to put, there's a very special type of salad that I have to put on here. <laughs> and it's only available in Germany that I've so far found. I've once found in the United States and it's a very special type of salad. It's basically translated into field salad. And if it's on the menu, like I have to get it, obviously it was mainly in Europe then, but it's like my favorite salad. It's like a, it's like a mixture of like a butter lettuce, had a baby with like arugula i don't know it's amazing it, well, uh, is there glycogen in the thing in salad is there glucose yeah. in it a little bit all right <laughs> it will get funner after this these are we're, we're starting from the bottom up number four i'm gonna have to go with potato slash sweet potato okay because they're versatile they're delicious you can make like a hundred things out of them Everyone loves mashed potatoes. Everyone loves French fries. Everyone loves just a baked potato. You can get a twice baked potato. Like there's so many options that you can go with. Like that's that's my jam right there. That's a solid number four. That is a solid number four. You can even make like gnocchi out of it. So you can go even on like the pasta route with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, you know, you know what's a little fun fact about potatoes? They're actually the like outside of protein, they're like the most satiating other food. Yeah. See protein and vegetables, you'll probably not feel too hungry. Yep. You, you heard it first here. You heard it here first, folks. I can't speak English anymore. <laughs> it's the baby. It's squishing my brain. Yeah, blame the baby. Dude, I can't <clears throat> sleep anymore. All right. Third pick, you're up. I would put in spaghetti or pasta or some sort. Spaghetti pasta of any variety. Okay. I like it. Yeah. My third is applesauce. Applesauce? In the past year, I have been hammering applesauce like nonstop. What kind do you get? I, whatever's available, preferably in a pouch. Like when I go for, when I was running over the summer, uh, running like a half marathon or something like that, I'd every three miles, I'd stop and just down a packet of applesauce and just continue on running like that. It was amazing. I didn't like have the, to like the ones with like the bunny on in the front cover. The, the that's been one of them. So you got like the ghost squeeze ones, anything like that. Right. Yeah, it, it just it goes down smooth. It's quick. It's fast digesting. Like hits the bloodstream instantly. I just keep a box in my car and I'm like, oh, I could take an applesauce real quick. Like I've stopped my workout and just downed a packet of applesauce and gone back to my workout. Damn. Yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a very interesting one. I'm not gonna lie, and I it's did not, not expect that. Yeah, it's not too heavy. It is just it just does wonders. I judging from my list, you can see that I eat like a child sometimes. But do they come in flavors, or is it just always like one flavor? They do come in flavors. Like you can get like the cinnamon one. Not really crazy about cinnamon. Mm -hmm. uh, I just get straight up applesauce. Right. Oh, interesting. All right, number two. For me, it's going to be chocolate. Anything mm. chocolate. Chocolate cake, chocolate cookies, chocolate ice cream, chocolate milk, <laughs> Nutella, all the chocolate. 
Yeah, chocolate milk is a good one. Yeah. I'm going with chocolate milk as my second one. Oh, okay. All right. Chocolate milk is the greatest format of milk of all time. You know, it is, it is quite delightful. Yeah. Strawberry is a sleeper, but you can't like you can't bang back strawberry every time. But chocolate milk, like if you start, you know how they say, like, if you make a protein shake with water and then you make it with milk, it's like, wow, this is like some gourmet shit. Yeah. You mix it with chocolate milk. You're on a whole another a whole never another platform of enlightenment. Yeah. You know, you know, what's really sad. So this year for like around the Christmas time when it got cold, like all I've been wanting, it's been a hot chocolate because it kind of falls in the same category and i haven't had it yet so i went to trader joe's and i bought like these like what i thought was like chocolate milk or hot chocolate sticks but it was literal chocolate that you're supposed to melt into your milk i was so disappointed like it's not the same thing like i, got, I had like the whipped cream and the whole nine yards right like ready to go and it didn't hit it you know so i have to probably just go to starbucks and just get like a good hot chocolate you don't like the DIY chocolate? You know, see, like, I don't want it to be with, like, whole milk. Like, I want it to be with, like, an almond milk or an oat milk or something. Mm-hmm. So I figured I'd make it myself, right? Such a disappointment. I like my milk from places that are supposed to produce milk. Like cows? <laughs> I it's like, pretty soon we're going to be having, like, broccoli milk, like cauliflower Ew. milk. Ew. There's a lot of things that are just, there's just a lot of things that are unnecessary to milk. Like, what do we need oat milk for? Yeah. Well, I'm lactose intolerant. So I'm genetically but, lactose intolerant on top of it. As humans age, that's something that changes. Yeah. But even as a baby, I was. But funny enough, while I've been pregnant, I've been, ha- been able to have yogurt and cheese and all those things. So I've been kind of indulging a little bit without issues or the baby hates it the whole time. And I have no idea. He'll let me know in a few weeks. <laughs> like, dude, whatever you were eating was like fucking my stomach up. <laughs> I've been in pain for nine months. <laughs> Number one. What's your top carb? Bread. Of Bread. all sorts. Yes. Like, like rolls, like baguettes. Like there's so many varieties of bread. I mean, I, maybe it's just like a pregnancy thing. I've had bread every single morning since I got pregnant. Every single morning. I love bread. I'm also German and we have a ton of bread varieties. So yeah, bread number one. I can appreciate bread. Bread, I just don't eat a lot of bread. Um, mm. The, uh, yeah, it's delicious. Did you see the, the baguette it became like a historical figure? Baguette? Like the French baguette became like a, a, a part of history. Really? Yeah, I'm not sure how this works. So nor did I pay much attention to it past the headline in the first few paragraphs, but they <laughs> made, made it like a like some sort of form of history. Like it's a part of history now as far as like just something that just is dominant, I guess. Oh, how very fascinating. I have to check that out. Yeah, very strange thing. Mm. But also with bread, you can make bread pudding. You can make bread dumplings. Like I can go on. You can do a lot of things with bread. Mm. Yeah, no, that sounds appealing to me. Mm. My number one is pasta, the entire category. Oh, true. Okay. That's so true. spaghetti, penne, like pasta is the most versatile carbohydrate in the game. Mm. 
I don't know. I don't know if I would put classified pasta as the most versatile, but what's more versatile than pasta? Potatoes. There are more forms of pasta than there are potatoes. Hmm. Okay. Like okay. So for pasta, you can make like what lasagna. You can make gnocchis. You can make right like kind of go like alphabet soup. <laughs> literally, literally. soup. You can make any. You can make anything with it. The best, in my opinion, the best way to eat pasta is uh, it's usually my post-workout meal. And I'll usually have, I prefer to have steak and like half a box of pasta just on the plate. Is this but, because you had this whole like meatball thing that you saw today? No. <laughs> no, but that was a fascinating thing. I wish that happened in front of me. I would have been in heaven. So what she's referring to, uh, in, apparently in Virginia, a tractor trailer like crashed or something like that. And it dumped like like 40 pounds of meatballs all over the highway and they have to close the highway for a little bit. So if you've been listening, my favorite, one of my favorite meals is meatballs, spinach and rice. So I eat a lot, I eat a lot of that. Uh, so that would have been heaven for me. I would have literally pulled over and just started grabbing meatballs. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, Hey, I'm helping. Like, where do you want the, me to put them? Like in perfect. They're going right in my car. I'm surprised rice didn't make your list then. Yeah. Right. It's just rice. Like rice is boring. Yeah. So I, I cook my rice and my pasta, this my spaghetti the same way. I boil it in uh, chicken broth. Hmm. Uh, if you do that with spaghetti, it changes the game. It changes the entire nature. Like you will, you will view the world differently. Do you get the chicken stock, like the liquid chicken stock, or do you get like the bouillon cubes? Uh, I've done both. Hmm. The bouillon cubes are actually test. We usually will taste a little better depending. Uh, but yeah, it's top five. It hits you. It hits you like an energy drink if it's post workout too, which is great. Huh. Well, I'll have to try that. I've never cooked it like that before. Yeah, the fascinating thing. So, <laughs> anytime I, I'm talking to people, I'm like, oh yeah, like spaghetti is like my favorite thing ever. I'm like, oh my god, but the calories and stuff like that. It's like, oh, and it's like, okay, so here's 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 what I made. I took spaghetti and I boiled it in chicken broth, and then I took it out. I rinsed it off real quick. Hit it with a little bit of butter, and then I put it on a plate. They're like, wait, 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 that's it? No sauce? No nothing else? Like, how do you eat that? And I was like, exactly. That's why you think pasta has calories, too, because you add all the extra shit to it. Mm. So, What about your steak? Where does your steak go in all of this? They just make the steak, and it's just on the plate. Oh, just, like, separate? Yeah, I mean, I can't, like, like I'll eat steak, and I'll eat pasta. Mm. Well, it's interesting. It, it is also... It's very like humbling to see your plate when you've made half a box of pasta, like spaghetti, and then it just ends up on your plate. It's like this is so much. I wasn't expecting this, and then you just then you just down it. Yeah, it is really hard to get your rice and pasta portions like perfect so that you don't have leftovers. Not that I mind leftovers of them, but like if you were trying to not get leftovers, it's hard to perfect the quantity. Yeah, rice rice leftovers I can deal with because rice you can just eat with anything. Like I I, I eat rice with scrambled eggs. Like it looks like I'm a hibachi chef. I'll just throw a cup of rice in the pan, <laughs> let it cook up a little bit, throw like, you know, five or six eggs in there. We're good to go. Um, or and then you mix it with lunch, mix it with anything. Uh, I, I really don't really eat my carbs in traditional ways. Like I like dry oatmeal into my shakes, like stuff like that. Like what a waste of oatmeal that always, that always was for me. You don't but, like oatmeal? I do. I really like oatmeal, but I like it like, you know, with like my milk, like my almond milk, usually an oatmeal and I don't know, some reasons it's been lately my 
my pregnancy morning cravings. There you go with that raisin shit. I know. Raisins, raisins don't belong anywhere. Period. You know, people, I've learned people either love or hate raisins. There's really no in between. I don't like raisins when there's they're in things that shouldn't have raisins in them. Like oatmeal? Oatmeal's one of them. But what or, about oatmeal raisin cookies? That's an acceptable use of ra raisin. Or like a cinnamon raisin bagel. Seems legit. But then you give me like a potato salad and it's got raisins in it. Or you give me like a pasta salad. It's got raisins in it. Or you have a salad in general and you put raisins in the salad. Like, why did you do that? <laughs> okay, but how is an oatmeal raisin cookie different to oatmeal with raisins? It's just the context in which it enters the like the, the realm of <laughs> food. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I like raisins. Like, I like like a broccoli raisin salad or like... I don't know. I do like raisins in my salads. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. Um, you know, you I've met like, people like you before. You know, I like in my salad. Huh? Salad. I like salad in my salad. <laughs> Anything else in your salad though besides just salad? Yeah. Chicken, black olives, peppers, uh, tomatoes. Although I'm not the biggest fan of tomatoes and salads. A little, mm. cu a little cucumber. A little crouton action, a little bit of feta cheese. You know, I'll be honest about something about tomatoes. They taste different in the United States to me. Like in Europe, they taste like they taste good. And here there's like a certain taste I sometimes get, especially Panera tomatoes. I don't like them. Tomatoes are interesting, right? So if you eat a raw tomato and you were to look at what it did in your digestive system and what you absorbed, and then you cook the tomato, it'll be different. And then if you puree the tomato, It'll also be different. Yeah. So when you look at like like CoQ10 comes from, uh, it's also it's found in tomatoes. It's actually more prevalent, and when it's processed and it's like pureed into a sauce. Have you ever tried to make tomato sauce from scratch, like from real tomatoes before? No, it's the effort you lose me there. Oh, uh, see, it's really not that hard. I do it all the time. I just buy a few tomatoes, just puree them real quick, throw them in the pan, done. Maybe some basil. If I'm being fancy. Um, but it tastes different than normal tomato sauce. It just does. And it's not necessarily, like, even if you just bought, like, tomato, you know, the canned tomato, it just tastes different. Yeah. I, I mean, I believe it. I make a better Alfredo sauce from scratch than you'll find in probably any grocery yeah. store. I believe that. The jarred stuff just isn't that good. Yeah. It, it can get by. You can get by with it, though. I and More so for me, it's a convenience thing. Mm. Like, it just doesn't. Like, I don't care enough to, like, eat what I eat and be like, wow, that sauce really blew me away. It's just it's just a formality, really. Yeah. I hear you on that one. Also, tomato sauce is a big trigger for heartburn. For people who, have suffered, who suffer from heartburn, your tomatoes are not your friend. Yeah. But anyway. So with the New Year's coming up, we did talk briefly about resolutions. Yes. How do you think a person should go about setting the right goal for their New Year's resolution? So say their New Year's resolution is in 2023, I'm looking to be healthier. Mm. How do you think that should be framed? And like, like as far as like a goal? Yeah, very good question. So, I mean, obviously you got to look at where are you at already, right? Like what are things that you're already doing great that you don't actually have to focus on or shouldn't be like, the sole focus on, but I always say like pick like one thing that you really want to focus on. And if it's, and try to just really work on getting that skill going. Um, it might be like 
just drinking enough water, right? I mean, honestly, like drinking enough water is a hard enough task within itself for a lot of people. So, um, but it's really like looking at like where are you at and like what is it that like how do you want to feel? A lot of times people set resolutions because they're looking to feel a certain way. And it's like, what are you looking to feel? And then what, and like, basically like, what are your steps in between there to get to that feeling from where you're at right now? Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. But let's say, so let's say my goal is, it's like, I want to lose weight in 2023. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? My goal is because as trainers, you know what we hear all the time. I want to tone up. Oh Yeah. Right. And then like what it was like, so what does like that conversation look like? Personally, when someone tells me they want to tone up, it's insulting. Okay. It's insulting because then I have to speak again to ask you what you mean. Like I have to ask you to describe like the toning thing. Like toning is not real. Yeah. Usually toning means you want to gain some muscle. Like that's really what toning means. You want to, you want to shed a little bit of some body fat so you can actually see your muscles. Right. But toning typically means you want to develop some muscle. You want to look sculpted. Um, most times people, when you tell them that these same people that say, I want to get toned, they say, but I don't want to get bulky. Right. Like that just like, drives me crazy. Cause then we got to debunk that whole thing. Like for, if you are not like, if you don't have any muscle mass, it's going to take you forever to actually look bulky if ever. Um, right. So like, you're not going to go from like, like you're not going to look bulky in the next year unless you're doing steroids or taking some other stuff. Like if you're going from a sedentary person with like with not a lot of muscle, you can't just look bulky in a year unless like you're that's all you're doing. It's your whole focus, right? Maybe that, and then you do some other stuff, right? Maybe then you could look bulky, but you'll likely look toned, which is the kind of what you're going for. So I treat someone that wants to look toned versus that wants to lose weight a little bit differently. Um, if we're looking for weight loss, I'm usually looking to fit into a certain size clothing. So I kind of ask more beyond that, like. What size clothing do you want to fit into? You know, like, what are you trying? Like, how much weight are you trying to lose? Um, and then I always ask this question. I say, what if we, what if you got the look that you're looking for, but the, sca- but the weight on the scale doesn't reflect that, right? So basically, we're trying to build some muscle into there. So you might say, hey, I want to lose 40 pounds, but you're really going for a certain look, not necessarily number on the scale. You're just using the number on the scale as a guiding point. But what if you're getting that look, but you but you might weigh more than what you originally planned for? Would you be okay with it? Most people are okay with it, right? So, bulking is always funny. It's really hard to bulk. Like it's not easy. Um, we've talked about that before. I won't go too deep into it. Yeah. But if you if you are out there accidentally bulking because you picked up something fairly heavy, like let me know. Let, let me <laughs> let, let, let me know your secrets. Also. Right? I look at the average weight of someone of a child that's between the age of like you know one and five and think of how many times you carry that child around a day and then look at the weights that you use in the gym and yeah Ooh, you're not one. gonna you're not gonna get yeah for, it's, it's for true it's like you know you have a kid who's, how much is a three-year-old weigh? like what 30 pounds i'll let you know in three years yeah we could <laughs> we could google it actually right how much what is the average three-year-old weigh and you're, and you'll see moms just like throwing this kid around, you know, going to the store, picking it up. All right, come on, we got to go. Or like, you know, something's going on and they got to take care of him and they're just whipping him around and then they go to the gym and they're like, Oh, this, I can't go more than 10 pounds. It's like, I just watched you throw a person around. Um, okay. So they're around 30 pounds. Yeah, I was right. So when it comes to toning, toning is one of, so toning basically is 
you want to have the visibility of muscle and you have two two different ways if you're really on the if you're really on the small side and you don't have much muscle if you build muscle you will be more have more visible muscles because you have more muscles if you're on the heavier set side if you lose fat your muscles will show right and, and a big thing that people always forget is if you are obese you've got to carry it around so you have a ton of muscle already you're you're you, wicked strong you just said wicked and you're not from the Northeast. I'm impressed. <laughs> right? You have to, you, you you either lose fat or you build muscle, right? So that becomes, okay, my goal is to tone. Okay, your goal is not to tone, actually. Let's get deeper than that, right? So now I have to ask you again, like, be more specific. And then you look at their body type and say, see where they're at. And that's kind of how you can frame that. I like to get out, of, I like to get away from the scale as well. Uh, and how, how I usually go about that is, and what you were talking about, making it seem like, oh, what if you look better in a picture or you look better in a pair of pants or something like that? A lot of times I like to have people compare themselves to other people, right? So if you could go to the store and purchase your dream body, whose dream body is that? And oh, I do the same. Yeah. Yeah. And every time I ask someone, I mean, almost everyone has an answer, like. Totally. Uh, and they'll just shoot. They'll just shoot right out of it. They're like, oh, I want this, this person's body. I was like, great. So now that becomes the goal and it's no longer about toning or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, to get you to look like that, we need to get you to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And then it completely eliminates like the, the whole toning goal. And that's not, not to get confused with, you know, comparing yourself to other people and what they do and their successes and stuff like that. Like comparison can be the thief of joy, but it gives you a benchmark as far as like appearance wise. Right. So if like, for me, it's Chris Evans in his role in uh, Captain America. Right. It's like, okay, that's what I would like to look like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a good one. I think also too, like sometimes, especially women and they're like women from a certain generation though, they get super focused on the scale. Like all they care about is a number on the scale. And it's like, I can dehydrate you. I can get you to that number on the scale if you want to. <laughs> we, we can induce diarrhea. And you, will, <laughs> you will lose. Um, so my, my advice to people, get a goal, whatever comes to mind, whatever instinctually you feel will, will give you some kind of gratification and then get very specific about it, right? So if your goal is I want to tone up, get specific like we just did, gave you the examples of find things that are not scale related to be able to get there, right? Yeah. So oh, I need to build muscle so I look like Chris Hemsworth or I need to build muscle so I look like Serena Williams, which is another popular one and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, cool. And then make it a priority. Like this is the the hard part of kind of the whole fitness journey thing. It's none of the work. It's none of the dietary stuff. It's just making it a priority. And if you look at what you do most often, a lot of people's priorities don't align with their goals, which is why January 17th is National Ditch Resolution Day. <laughs> I looked it up really? looking, I looked it up looking looking for my holiday. So on January 17th, it's Benjamin Franklin Day which might be a dark horse for something to celebrate in January. Uh, but it's also Ditch New Year's Resolutions Day. That's hilarious. Yeah. Right. So when your priorities don't line up, it, it's like, okay, it's not a priority with you anymore. And it becomes impossible to achieve that because it's not important. You got to like kind of list out the things that are important to you and that in no particular order, take a piece of paper and just write everything down that you feel is important in your life. Yeah. And then try to reorder, restructure that list and then give it a couple of days and stuff like that. And then look at your life and kind of observe, like look at it through the lens of you're making a list of what seems to be important, right? And 
I try to do this as far as like, what do I think is a priority in my life? And if I was watching my life as a movie, what does it look like is the priority in my life? Yeah. And, and a lot of times you'll see those lists don't add up. The sweet spot is when for the most part, what it looks like is exactly what you think it is. And that's where you can kind of see going through that, right? So like for me, what I do for work is probably pretty high up there in my priority list. Uh, it's probably only second to me actually working out and exercising. To be quite to be quite honest, my workout on the priority list comes before everything else. Yeah, uh, that goes on in my life uh, mostly because obviously I'm the main character in my story. That's probably where I get the most enjoyment. It's going to come before anything else. It's going to come before going on a date, hanging out with someone. Uh, if, you, if we're going to go do something that's not really vacation related, and you know, it's like, oh, let's go, let's go, like day drink and have lunch and like stuff like that. Like, no. Like that's not it's that's not gonna line up with my priority. My priority is to have a good workout if I go do those things. That's gonna sacrifice that thing, right? So for other people, it might be work or you might have a hobby or a skill or something like that. And you can kind of see once you start looking at it through that lens, what is actually affecting where you get with it. And a lot of times it's like it's basically priority based. Yeah, I actually love that you brought that up because that was something I wanted to talk about a little bit too, is that a lot of times we don't when we're committing to goals we don't really rank them necessarily well in terms of how important it is to us or we realize um what we have to sacrifice in order to get to where we want to go so like how anthony said like he prioritizes workouts before even a date like are you willing to sacrifice you know maybe postponing a date postponing hanging out with your friends postponing i don't know like sleep even right going being sleep deprived are you willing to sacrifice those things in order to make your goals realistic or like come into reality, make them actually happen? And um, and that's the behind the scenes that we don't see if people that accomplish really amazing things, um, similar to people in the bodybuilding community, we don't see the sacrifice that they have to make to say no to things in order to get to where they are. So when people look at them with fascination. It's like you could get there, too. But are you willing to say no to things? Like if you're trying to lose weight, for instance, you know, let's say you're trying to lose weight. I like to split up just to, just just so we clarify it. I like to split up how much weight you want to lose within the given time frame and hope it's realistic. So usually one to two pounds per week is like a realistic goal and you want to lose within that time frame. You're going to go out to eat. You are going to go out and hang out with your friends. Are you going to be that person that says no to alcoholic beverages in order to save on calories? Are you that person that's willing to be a little bit hungry? in order to keep the weight off or to continue to lose the weight? Are you willing to eat foods that you may not have chosen originally just so you don't choose higher calorie meals, right? So those are the sacrifices you have to make in order to achieve your goals. And um, the more the more intense your goals are, right, the more intense your effort has to be to get there. So if you're willing to sacrifice. Yeah, sacrifice is huge. I don't think people sacrifice enough, to be honest. And I think it's kind of like one of those things where like there's this whole movement of, well, you got to take care of yourself and just live a little and YOLO and all those things. And then before you know it, it's like you're sacrificing on yourself. I think, well, I think that one's like a fine line, like with the whole YOLO stuff and like little littles, right? So like if someone, uh, if someone saw my diet and we, we followed it for 30 days, there'd be like some people and you didn't see me and you just saw only what I ate, 
some people would like, there's probably some people who are obese that have better looking, that'll have better looking days than I do. Honestly, like I, I'm not shy about it. Like there are just days I will just like, you can criticize me to the cows come home. I will just take back a double quarter pounder with cheese from McDonald's and a 20 piece nugget, like, and fries. And like, that's just so that's just a Wednesday, like for, for dinner, but it's surrounded with other healthy behaviors. Right. So for me, I'm not too into my physical appearance in terms of like, oh my God, I have to look a certain way. Right. So this time of year, I'm going to, you know, bulking, looking to add a little bit muscle, a little bit of muscle. Right. So the, the calories help all the other dirty calories technically, but it's one of those things where it's like, I don't sacrifice a lot of those like little things, mostly because my goal doesn't really require me to like, it's not like my goal is I want to have abs. Like I want to have the most shredded six pack of all time. If I did, I wouldn't, you know, I'd, I'd have to clean some stuff up because at some point I'm going to reach a point where that stuff is going to hinder me. Well, you'd have to make sacrifices. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. So, and then that's right. So you can very easily still enjoy the things that you enjoy. Um, the, the reason that I, and a lot of people are like, oh, well, you're young and it's your metabolism and it's like, no, I built the reality, which is the construct of my life, my behaviors and everything that I do. It's built in such a way where I can do that. Yeah. Because I, I'm, I'm well aware that like, I know that I'm going to be like, oh yeah, whatever. Like I, I just happen to want, I just happen to be craving Zaxby's like, sure. Happen to be craving fast food. Great. Like right. go for it. Right. Maybe that that's probably like 10% of my diet, but it's like everything it's built in a way where like I, I have that window and like most people have that window. The issue is most people don't create enough wins in their routine or their daily life to allow for a couple like uh, of those days of those days and moments where it's like, haha, pizza. Like, yes. Like when I go home for the holidays, I mean, I'm, I, I usually only eat pizza legitimately. I like my entire diet is usually only pizza. Yeah. And I should, we should also probably clarify for listeners too. It's like the reason why you can do all those things and still look the way you do is because of how often you exercise, how, how much you move in a day and also how much muscle mass you have. I think that's like really important to note. Yeah. If you didn't have all those things, you definitely wouldn't have the body that you have. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And like, and so just because I, I, I said, you know, if you looked at my diet and what I do and like stuff like that, like without seeing me and then you see me, not that I'm like this incredible, like ode to human physique, but um, what the reality that I've built is more than half my weight is muscle. I yeah. exercise six times a day. I mean, six times a week, excuse me. Sometimes uh, a few of those days that'll be, I'll exercise more than once. Uh, I get about seven to eight hours of sleep. I drink plenty of water. I take, you know, I, I, my protein intake is really good. So sometimes some of the other stuff might not be that great, but my protein intake is always going to be top notch um, as far as like quantity and stuff like that. So like I, I've built it in a way where like I can get away with like a meal being, you know, crazy or ridiculous or something like that. Yeah. So muscle gaining muscle mass is the key to eating whatever you want, folks. Yeah. And it's not, it, it's not even one of those things where it's like, you know, you'll never be able to get to a point where like realistic feasibly you can outwork a bad diet. However, if you really wanted to, you could outwork a bad diet. Yeah. You, you would just be miserable and you'd probably break down and, you know, your body would eventually get tired, but you could realistically if you wanted to. Yeah. So what would you do if you like, let, like, let's say like you're reaching a plateau. What do you do to shake things up? It's like with any science project, right? So like 
if we've got a plan, we've got this hypothesis and we're going to lay out the method, right? And let's say we're trying to lose weight. So here's the plan. What are the results? Let's say after a week, like you said, that one to two pounds is what we want. We get a pound a week, right? The next week we get a pound a week. Great. Awesome. You're consistent. Where most people kind of screw up is they like they see a little bit of success and they start changing stuff, right? So now let's say we'll go two examples. Example one, I've had two back-to-back -back weeks of hitting the goal weight. And now I'm like, I'm going to work out an extra day. I'm going to do something more. Like I'm going to add more stuff and I'm going to subtract other things that I shouldn't be eating, stuff like that. You have like this snowball of momentum building, right? And now you, instead of just having like, okay, I've changed my diet, I'm going to keep everything else the same, right? So one variable is changing. Now you've changed four variables. And let's say you get in, and then say you hit a plateau. Now you don't know which variable to change for the most part, right? So let's say, you know, two weeks, let's say you go to, but let's say you don't, let's say you don't have too many variables going on. You have those two weeks, you back to back success and it's, it's flat the next one, right? Which would be a plateau. A plateau, if you don't know, is just a point at which you stop either gaining or losing. Once you're there, how long have you been in your plateau? A lot of times, if you just stay the course the next week, you should see a difference. Sometimes your body is just, it's just not going to be your week or anything like that. Or there could be other changes going on, um, various other reasons, but go for one more week, see it again, right? So now week three, we're flat. Week four, do it again, we're flat. Okay, just change one single thing, right? So it could be, I'm going to take 2,000 more steps a day and see what that gets you. Or I'm going to drink a protein shake a day if you weren't doing it, right? So just add one simple thing and then see where that's at for a week. Typically, what you have to do is when you when you look at like where plateaus come from, plateaus happen because your body metabolically adapts, right? Mm. So it wants homeostasis, right? So if I'm 200 pounds and I eat like I'm 180 pounds of, from a caloric need standpoint, eventually I'm going to be 180 pounds. When I reach 180 pounds because I've been eating like I'm 180 pounds, I'm going to stop losing weight. So then I would have to lower that again and eat like I'm 170 pounds and eventually I'll drop to 170 pounds. It's a, it's a slight oversimplification, but technically that's how it works. The issue is if I'm 200 pounds and I want to be 170 or, and I'm eating that little, eventually like there's going to be a lot of change. Like you might not, your appetite like just might go bonkers on you, right? Because you have to restrict so much. You might get to a point where you're, it's just uncomfortable to be hungry and starving all the time. Right. Yeah. And then we start slipping backwards, which is, and then you start, yeah. And then you're like, Oh, this isn't working in your plateau. And then you start eating again and stuff like that. Right. So for me, plateaus, I, it, a lot of it comes down to how long have you been in the plateau? What are the variables that you've been changing and have you've expected them to change? Right. So if I want to lose weight and the way that I'm going about losing weight is I'm going to start working out and I'm not losing weight or I stop losing weight, the first thing that that should tell you is you're working out, something in your workout needs to change, right? Because you have to have some progressive overload to a degree, right? So it's like, okay, cool. Then look at your workout. What am I doing? Like, can I work out an extra day? Great. Can I work out a little bit longer? Can I add sets to my workout? And also look at like the intensity of it and stuff like that. Like, are you working out hard enough? Are you working out appropriately? And things of that nature and like the little things like that if you approach them you can find it you can break your plateaus and stuff like that 
in my experience. Yeah. I think also too, it kind of depends like, like how, like how you just like mentioned, like what kind of plateau are we facing? Right. Are we facing like, usually the weight loss plateau that people focus on, um, you know, are you, are you um, no longer able to gain more weight? Right. Like, let's say you're trying to bulk up, right. Are you stuck there? Um, and I think it's important to look at like, what is your workout like? That's definitely a huge factor into it too. What can you switch up there? Um, but also looking at like, what's your diet like and what, things can you adjust there to shake things up again so um i work a lot with people at the current moment that are sedentary and trying to lose weight which is a little bit of a different um, challenge for me than people that i used to work with who were active and trying to lose weight so if i meet if i have someone that i'm working with and i can tell they're starting to hit a plateau and i kind of don't really worry about a plateau until it's been like three-ish weeks. Like if we didn't make any traction in three weeks, then I'm like, all right, what's going on? And by traction, I mean like, yeah, like your weight might be stagnant, but you should like, but if you feel like your clothes are not fitting looser, then then like we're hitting a plateau. Like if everything like circumference measurements um, and your weight are all staying the same, then we got to look at, okay, we got to somehow drop the calories a little bit more or we've been dieting long enough, you need to go a little bit on a diet break. And then we go back into, um, and then we go back into losing weight. And that always shakes things up where I say, hey, take the weekend, take a couple of meals and just kind of like, don't worry about dieting right now. Don't go crazy, right? Don't go overboard, just have like a normal meal. Um, but I don't want you to stress about the dieting factor of it. Um, and then let's come back again on Monday and let's start again. And usually that always shakes things up a little bit. So people usually freak out around that a little bit. Um, but that is, yeah, it just depends how long you've been dieting. So you've been dieting for like two or three months. I like to do that every so often. Yeah. A good rule of thumb too. Like it's a, let's say you're someone that's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to work with a trainer. I'm not going to do a program or anything like that. I got this. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. I did this years ago and stuff like that. It's like, cool, go start your journey. According to you, you're going to eat some way that you seem to see that seems to work for you. You're going to go exercise in a, some way that's going to be uh, something that you've experienced before. So let's take those two things right now. Let's say for the past year, you didn't do any of those stuff, but you're kind of familiar, right? So you've changed these two things. Cool. Weigh yourself on day one. Go do that plan for two weeks and then weigh yourself on day 14 at that point. If your weight is up, you are not in a, a calorie deficit. If your weight is lower, you are in a calorie deficit. Congratulations, right? So if you get to, if the goal is to lose weight, you need to be in a deficit. If you get to the 14th day, right, after writing down everything, it's very, it becomes very blatantly obvious. Okay, I'm eating too much food. You have too many calories in your diet as far as what's left after, you know, the net expenses of energy and stuff like that. It's like, okay, what are the next steps? Okay, if I'm trying to lose weight, I need to bring that number down. It's going to happen one of two ways. You can either eat less or you can work out more, period. And that's kind of how you take it from there. And then you take a look at it for the next two days. And it's like, okay, boom. Now, now my weight's dropping. Eventually you reach your plateau, depending how long you've been in this like a kind of phase. If you've been in this phase for about maybe two months or something like that, take a few days, don't diet, don't do anything, eat like you normally would, and then come back to it on that next, on that next week, rinse, repeat. I like to start, my, my big advice is start with more movement before you start subtracting food. 
Yeah. There's a certain point, like, I'm not a big fan of 1200 calorie diets. I'm really not. I'm not a big fan of 1300, 1300 calorie diets. Um, the only reason why I would ever allow someone that I'm working with to drop their calories out low is because I know I know that they're underreporting their calories. So like I know you're not actually eating 1200 calories, right? Like I know you're probably eating 14 1500 calories. Um, so that's the only time I'm really kind of okay with it. Um, but like to Anthony Anthony's point, like looking also to like at your movement and also looking to at like what do your calories consist of sometimes like we're not we've been under eating on protein and we start losing too much muscle too and that's not fun and that's not cool so um that will just slow your metabolism down even more so just making sure you're having enough protein in your diet too is really important um in your weight loss journey yeah we can um so someone asked me like posture and stuff like that like what does it look like how do you approach it and like what are what are some things you can do now uh everyone has bad posture mm. right um you find some people like wow you look great like you you know you're really solid but if you really nitpick you can find something in their posture and it, it's one of those things where it's like i personally think it's something that's focused on too much it's posture yeah interesting coming from someone who uses posture a lot as like a a selling tool, shall we say? Yeah. And so what, so what I like to, when I look at someone and I assess like your posture and stuff like that, right? So I'm looking at what, what does your neck look like? What do your shoulders look like? What do your hips look like? Knees look like ankles look like, right? That's the, you know, the, by the book, you know, it's like what happens there. Right. And then a part of that, it becomes, so it, it's like, okay, judging by the book, you have terrible posture. And it's like, okay. It's like, do you really believe you can fix their posture? And look at the majority of folks, right? Their posture is dictated by how they interact with gravity, the planet, their their life, their external feedback sources and stuff like that, right? If you have someone who drives 10 hours a day, you're never going to get them to be upright and have this like super proud chest. Right. However, what you can do is you can teach them a dynamic posture. And what that dynamic posture is, is, okay, here's what we're looking for. Like, and then over time you have that muscle memory and you can move into that dynamic posture. So me, I have very forward shoulders because I play video games. I do a lot of stuff on the computer. I used to drive a lot and things of that nature. I also have a very strong back. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? So like it's, uh, but I'm not just going to sit standing I'm not going to have like this, this perfect posture. Like once I leave and I go into relaxed mode, I'm now back into the same behaviors that got me into this resting posture, if you will. Uh, however, when I work out, I can assume a dynamic posture so I can, or I'm moving somewhere, I'm going for a run or I'm walking outside and stuff like that. Like I know the posture I've trained, like the actual posture to get into. It's just like getting into the right shape and stuff like that. But for, for a lot of people, like some of those things don't change because you can't really change the lifestyle too much that is going to keep it in there. So if you're working out to for one hour a day to compensate for something that you do eight hours a day, right? There's a big difference there and it's like there's not too much of it there. However, you can learn through exercise and training those parts of the body that are um, shown to be weak through your posture. You can kind of have you know, you know what, how, what you should be feeling as you're doing the thing that's hurting your posture, if that makes sense. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, a lot. Of, I think you kind of hit the nail on the coffin with Isaiah. That or definitely said they hit the whatever. A lot of things that we do are always happen in the front of our body, right? Like everything we do, like we tend to have to like round our shoulders for and stuff like that. Like we tend, everything happens in the front of our body and we don't really do enough, you know, pulling action typically. So for a lot of people, like training the posterior muscles are going to be um, super, super helpful just overall in everyday living and your posture um, and sitting a little bit better and moving a little bit better too, just because everything we do is in the front and we don't open up enough, you know what I mean? And train the back as much. We're doing a lot of pushing motions, pushing away or front thing. You know, <laughs> am I making sense? No, no, no I, I get you. It, it's yeah. the same. The, another example too is like if someone has really, really tight hips and I've seen this with a lot of clients that I've worked with and stuff like that, you come to me, your hips are really tight. You know, we hang out. I have a, a, a very specific set of drills that I use to kind of get your hips and your hip orientation going in the right way. Right. Boom. We're right back. We're in more of like that neutral ideal position. We go through our session. You're going to feel great for a couple hours. And then you're going right back to whatever the, whatever the hell you were doing before that puts your hips tight. Then you come see me again and it's rinse, repeat. Over time, you can kind of get a little, you can change it a little bit. Right. So obviously, if you have tight hip flexors, you have weak hamstrings. That's usually the go get there so if you can stretch your hips make your hamstring stronger a lot of times you can change that orientation a little bit uh but a lot of times you'll see you're never going to get it to a point where it's like ah, oh, it's completely undone especially if the reason that it was undone was because they spend you know nine hours at a desk and stuff like that yeah. you know you can get them to move better you can get them to feel better they know how to activate they know how to get themselves to the dynamic posture but it's going to revert right back to whatever was was kind of giving them that yeah it takes a long time to kind of help with all those things yeah. And now if you have like bad posture because you had a traumatic injury, obviously you can fix, go fix, as you fix the injury, the posture should improve. Uh, but everyone yeah. has, everyone's kind of going to have the static posture and this dynamic posture. And a lot of it is the dynamic posture is kind of what you, you, you're looking mm -hmm. to achieve. Yeah, totally. Love it. Love it. Fix your posture folks, but fix why your fix why your posture is bad to begin with too. <laughs> Yeah. So if you're posture, like, again, if you're hunched over all the time and I'm like, oh, Hey, like, you know, retract your scapula, like, you know, bring, you know, stand up a little yeah. taller and you have no idea what that means, then you have to learn and you, you know you have to exercise to kind of figure that out and you can fix it a little bit, but it's not going to completely undo that, but you'll be taught how to undo that. And you can achieve your dynamic posture, not just when you're in the gym and stuff like that. So that's kind of where I'm going with that stance. That's probably yeah. a, that whole, the last like 30 minutes of me talking is probably going to be something that like 90% of people would all disagree with. But yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's just how I approach it and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, always interesting conversation and debate. That's for sure. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap here. That's been a good one. I had a pleasure as always. A little unorthodox, especially in what we were talking about here. Um, so definitely, if you enjoyed the podcast, shoot us a message. If you have questions that we didn't touch on, if you have more questions based on what we touched on and things like that, feel free to reach out. Agreed. Just 